Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days, you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Before I start uh, this episode of the show, I I just thought I would share uh, something that I've been going through, uh, and it's going to sound kind of ridiculous to some of you uh but others may get this um our family just lost our our cat gary um who would have been 10 and uh, next week he would have been 10 and he passed away very suddenly and shockingly we're we're never really going to know exactly what happened but um the the vet says it was a fatal heart arrhythmia perhaps i don't i don't know he was fine he was fine the last time we let him outside um and then he didn't come back and then we found him i found i found him in the garden and it was very tough uh he was trying to get home and he couldn't make it um and it's been very difficult for me it's very weird being in my house gary the cat uh, we we inherited gary from next door and he showed up week one uh, just to check out the house. I don't think he'd had the opportunity before with the previous owners. And I let him in. And um, I just loved him. And I miss him. And I look for him. I can't help it. I just, I'm, my everyday life was connected to him in terms of opening and closing doors and opening and closing the window blinds and looking for him. And it's weird. I'm looking for him in every, I just instinctively look to see if he's curled up in a bed or on a chair and uh it's tough it's very tough and we have a three-year-old son and he doesn't get it and weirdly the timing of this is strange uh, we, we talked a lot about gary on a recent episode of the show with the wilderness of manitoba gary actually vocalized which he didn't do too much he was actually on the on the show briefly and uh and then christine fellows and i just had a chat about um uh my old uh my old pet budgie when i was a kid and anyway the timing is all weird and maybe these things happen for a reason but anyway we really miss him and uh that's all i just wanted to say something thanks for all your notes of condolence and and appreciation anyway we miss gary and i I just wanted to say something so thanks This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening Pride, Frank, The One I Love, My Old Lady, and more. At the E-Bar, John Gentunen and Mark Sampson celebrate the release of their respective new books, Cypher, 
and Sad Peninsula on October 16th. The Bookshelf is an independently owned culture hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. Visit bookshelf.ca for more information. A simple prop to occupy my time. This one goes out to Creative Control with Vish Khanna. On this episode, Yorgos Kasluris and Jim White join me for a conversation about their new enterprise, which is called Kasluris White. They just put out a new record. It's called Goats, and I'm quite fond of it. I enjoy it very much. I, I, you're going to learn more about it in just a little bit, so trust me. Uh, this is interesting. You have a very renowned Greek... Uh, Cretan folk musician, lute player named uh, George or Yurgos Kasluris. You have Jim White, one of the world's most renowned drummers. He plays in the Dirty Three. He's collaborated with lots of other people. Uh, it's an interesting meeting place. I'm a fan of their record Goats. So you're going to hear songs, two songs from Goats on this show, and an extensive chat with uh, both men over Skype while they were in Baltimore. So that's the show. Here it is. Kazoo and CFRU 93.3 FM present the Burning Hell, Toronto's Blimp Rock, and Kitchener's Man Meets Bear in Guelph. This is a rare area appearance by the Burning Hell, who of late have been situated in such remote areas as Newfoundland and Germany. They remain one of the most awesome bands ever, so please come see them on Wednesday, October 22nd at Silence, a fully accessible venue located at 46 Essex Street in Guelph. The show is all ages and begins at 8 p.m., Look for CFRU's Raise Your Voice table and contribute to our Tuning in the Neighborhood funding drive in October. For more information, please visit kazookazoo.ca, silencesounds.ca, or cfru.ca. When it's time to kick off, because my body is mortal, but my rhymes are unkillable. Look at me slicing the song with all its different syllables. Kisluris White is an extraordinary music pairing featuring Yorgos Kisluris, a renowned lute player in the Cretan folk tradition, and Jim White, a tremendous drummer known for his work in the Dirty Three and with Will Oldham, PJ Harvey, Nick Cave, and many more. The duo have just released a stirring new album called Goats that bridges gaps between Greek music and post-punk while also touching upon other cultures and genres for something altogether unique. 
Goats was produced by Fugazi's Guy Picciotto. It's out now via other music recording company, and it's prompted the group to tour across North America and Europe throughout October and November. Here to discuss this further are Yorgos Kusluris and Jim White. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi. Hi. Good. Good. Nice to speak with you. Where in the world are you? Uh, We're in Baltimore. Ah, the lovely city of Baltimore. How's that going? Uh, We just got here. Yeah. Okay, this is like, and you're at the near the beginning of a very extensive tour. Yeah. yeah. Now this begs the question: How did you two first meet? Are you going to be able to stand each other at the end of this long tour? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good. How did you? How did you two first meet? Oh, in Australia, twenty about twenty-five years ago. Twenty-five years ago in Australia. So, what was the occasion exactly? Well, uh, I can't actually remember what I met him, but um, yeah. it was like George was uh, living in Australia, I guess. So yeah. he, he went on, as I understand, he was touring with his father, and uh, unknown to me, and uh, they played in the, in Melbourne, and he ended up um, living there for a number of years. I think he went away and came back, and, uh, and then I met him there. We, you know, we were in Melbourne together. We had uh, some friends in common, and uh, I think George and his girlfriend would come and see Ben and Peace Stinger, well, Big Turner and my uh, old punk band we were in. Okay. And uh, I'd go and see, you know, we, we just, you know, we just knew each other. And then uh, when Dirty Three started, you know, I was away, I think, and then Dirty Three started. And then we were kind of in Melbourne then at the same time for some years. Yeah. George would play with Dirty Three early, very early on and, and later as well. And uh, now bands would play together and... And stuff like that. Okay, like, so you've had a long-standing relationship. Uh, yeah, mostly like just friends and like you know, what uh, listening to each other's music. Listening to each other's music, yeah. Uh, yeah. And George, were you a fan of the Dirty Three? Like, were you like uh, you actually collaborate with them, which is rare? Were you a big fan of theirs? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, and I, I know Dirty Three. Uh, since then, and I went to see them, uh, you know, several times, many times. Every time they were playing in in uh, Melbourne, but uh, also um, I played with uh, Dirty Three few times there uh, when they first start. You know when. Um, they they start as a band, and they invite me because, as Jim said, you, you know he used to come uh, to listen the band I was playing with, Xiluris Ensemble, mm-hmm. at that time, and so after a little while, you know, Jim asked me to play with them as a special guest. You know, I I play, I, I went and I played with them few times, you know, a few songs, and that, that, that's how we become, you know, that's how we start. Right. And is that, is that, so is that essentially the origin of this particular collaboration? Did, when you worked together in that formation, did it, did you have any inkling that this might be in the cards, that you two might collaborate? I mean, not really. I mean, this is a, this is a, that, this is a long time past that, you know? Um, like this, how long were we doing this for, George? Like a year or two? Yeah. 
or los estudiar. We've been started on this, and the, that's you know that was more. Uh, we didn't really talk about it so much. We just started. You know, like George and his wife always invited me to Crete. Yeah. And you know, I I never went. <laughs> I wanted to go. I always wanted to go, and I was you know whatever busy or lazy or whatever. And uh, and then finally I said let's go let's and then we actually played together with his with George's father. And then you know, and I really wanted to go. I was like, I've got to go to Crete, you know. And then I started going there, and we started playing music then straight away. Oh, okay. So you, yeah. you just yeah. okay. Well, I'm going to come there. and We're going to play some music. Yeah, the first you day know? Jim arrived in Crete, we went to the studio. Yeah, we went straight to the studio and we started playing. We hit, we hit the lunch recording. and the, we went there. Yeah. Wow, really? So did you even have much conversation? Or were you just sort of improvising? We had goat for lunch. We had goat. <laughs> <laughs> Hence the name of the record. Is that what it's inspired by? It was delicious. <laughs> and. Uh, and the way to get to the studio is so many goats in the way to get there. That's right. The, uh, the studio was up on the, on the hill. Yeah. So goats have become kind of your mascot. Yeah, yes. <laughs> well, it's a lot more that we are goats. Yeah. Oh, oh, you feel like you yourselves are goats? Yeah, even though we eat them as well and we like that. But we, are, we feel like we, I feel like I'm a goat. Now what, what, just... what makes you a goat, Jim? Well, it doesn't make me a goat. Um... So he, he, he always in the air, you know, travel around the world. Oh, okay. Okay. That's yeah. interesting. All right. That's one reason, yeah. So when you first went into the, when you first got to Crete and you went into the studio that day, did you guys have much of a conversation about what you were going to do or did you just start playing? Uh, <clears throat> I, I, I had some ideas in, uh, in my... You know, and I played them every, you know, now and then at home and, you know, as looking things and, and, and I thought, you know, that was good time to, to, to do some things with Jim, but uh, also all these years we didn't uh, play together. It was something, you know, connected musically from the beginning when I was playing with Dirty Three sometimes in Melbourne, you know, and the, we had some parts between the songs which we, there where we did some improvisation with Jim and strumming lute and, and drumming. So it was like uh, all these ideas um, uh, it was a good uh, to do it now if Jim he would be here to book a studio and record some of those things which they come differently every time I you know we play uh, I, I, I was playing them but even now when we play we play the theme and the melody but uh, you know of course it's you know, it's it's different every time physically. Hmm. So they 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 are compositions, but they change. Yes. And and Jim, were you when you stepped into the studio? I mean, I don't know how much playing you've done where your accompaniment 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 is simply a lute. Um, what were you what were your expectations going into the studio that day? Um, I didn't quite catch what you said about the lute, but. 
Um, you know, so I guess one step, even though it's really unconnected in some ways, it's also a step in. It is, you know, when I did play with Serendoni, George's father, and, and George unexpectedly. And then I think, even though what we're doing is totally different, well, very different, mm-hmm. um, I guess that maybe start thinking about that we could play together, you know, and in different ways. And um, then, then the studio, I think it was just really, I mean, for one thing, I think there was no drum kit at, it just seemed like good to record, you know, to to record in case something happens, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then really it was just like, okay, so play some of George's tunes, you know, do some, we did a bunch of uh, just improvisations that day, some tunes, and, and then, you know, and then sometimes it was like, okay, well, what's this rhythm that I don't understand, you know, and, you know, I wasn't really getting too, certainly never got pedantic about it, you know, but I remember I was trying to learn Rosidico really up there. In the first days, you know, which is like a song. The way to go to the studio in the car. We're totally listening to it. You remember? We, I remember we I was just trying, uh, trying to get you to sing it. I, was, I couldn't get it. I was like trying to understand its uh, structure. It's a song. Could you tell him about this? It's a song that the certain shepherds sing in the country. Uh, right? The, the, the song, is a song, uh, you know, you know, dancing. You know, it's a, it's a sitting song. Sitting song. Sitting song. So it's not like the, my understanding is that a sirto is a dancing song, right? Yeah. But yeah. there's a there's another song. There's another kind of song, and it's a sitting song. It's a rizidico. It's more of like an. Uh, yeah. It's a kind of a style. There's a group of songs that yeah, many many songs that mostly is just singing, singing by yourself, right? Oh. A group of people, but no instruments. Yeah, no instruments. Yeah. Oh, okay, I see. Maybe maybe you're out in the countryside walking around or something. Yeah, yeah. Working. You, 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 you sing those songs in a, a, a Riza means root, and uh, the root of the mountain and the villages around the mountain. You know, and the you know the, the mountain villages. Okay. They right. sing those, those songs Rizitica, which they are you know songs. They they have songs. There are songs for any reason to walk, to go somewhere, and usually, you know, one sings and then the others repeat the same thing. All right. In 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 one two tone. It's it's not a polyphonic, right? Like harmonies, mm-hmm. but it's one. Yeah. So, for example, that that one I just really didn't. You know, I, actually, there's one I know. I know one sort of them, but we we didn't record it on this record, but. I, mean, I do remember up there at Marco's house in those early days, that early first day or two, I was like, you know, trying to get my head around that, for example. And then other ones we were just playing, you know, and we made some nice recordings too. Those days. Can um, you can you both talk about the relationship between folk or any kind of music traditionalism and the thing that you two have made? Because I feel like uh, on the outside, it does seem like Yorgos is definitely bringing a certain tradition. Um, to this collaboration, although from my understanding of his work, he's generally someone who challenges traditionalism um, in, in the way he plays. Um, and I'm just, and I, and I think Jim, you've done the same thing in your work. I think you're someone who's innovated within um, sort of commonly regarded musical forms. Right. But this is a bit of a, this is a, it's a collaboration. It's, I think, for lack of a better term, it's a cultural collision. Can you each talk about what you're bringing to the other and then 
further to that, what you think is the the result has been? Well, the, for a start, like the result would be the music, right? Yes, of course. Yes. But, you know, that would have to be probably listened to, right? <laughs> yes, and and when I hear it, I hear all sorts of different things coming to to the surface. Like I'm not hearing any one tradition, which is really great. But I think uh, I'm just curious what you think you both have brought to each other's work and, and what the result... Uh, I, I know what you're saying. The result is the result, and we can all judge the result. Right, and we're goats, you know, and there's Lewis White. Right. But yeah. can you talk a little bit about what... Well, Jim, how does your approach to music, how did that inform uh, what Yorgos was bringing to the table? Well, how, how, I mean, not to be... I'm not trying to be just you know, in opposition, but what, what, ask the question again. What, what, does, what did what I do affect, how did it affect him? Yeah. Well, I mean, how would I know that? <laughs> Your ghost, what about you? Can, can you no, talk no, about what Jim yeah, brought to yeah. the table? I can. Uh, don't you want to answer that question now? Yeah, yeah, I'll first. And then I'll see. See, see. Oh, no, I thought he was going to tell me like how I would know, but I mean... No, you go, you go ahead. I'll find this question weird. No, no, I, uh, wh- wh- what I can say, as I understand the question, is that what I feel like, uh, um, you know, the, with what we, 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 we do, what I feel we, we doing, because, you know, traditionally they are not uh, really, you know, I, I like, to following the rules of the tradition, but not completely. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe I start the opposite direction. I I try to concentrate to the feeling first. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. see. Like like uh, like uh, the 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 sound the sounds of the lute and drums. Uh, Especially the way Jim plays the the drums and fits together with the lute, the way I play the, the lute makes uh, space. It's spacing, spacing, mm-hmm. and you can you can have both now in there rules and freedom in your space you make of the sounds. If 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 you know, can 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 you understand me? I do understand you. Yeah, I, I I think I know what you're saying. I think you're saying that the sound, the resulting sound is 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 because of the way you two have interacted together. Yes, I guess. Can I jump? Maybe I'll jump in there and like say like I mean, if you say that, like when I do different things in like, you know, in rock music or whatever, I mean, it's really only trying to get the feeling of, you know, what you like about music, right? So when you don't do the thing that is like maybe really often done, it's actually just to get the feeling that of when you actually, what's often done feels right, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, I think maybe, just, you know, to challenge to. If, if we take what you said tra- to, about challenging tradition, I mean, you'd have to be a traditionalist, right, to do that. To challenge it, you'd have to be a traditionalist, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
But then actually, in this situation, I mean, I don't really, you know, it's not very, it, it hasn't felt like any kind of uh, puzzle particularly or, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think externally some people will see this union and think, oh, these are two worlds coming together. Right, and then, I mean, and definitely one thing probably that's interesting about it is that it doesn't feel like that, right? Yeah. Maybe it does, I don't, I don't know. Well, you guys, I didn't. I wasn't aware of the fact that you had this long relationship. I think that the other part of it, this is... This is your first record together, so there's, and you say you've been playing together about a year or two now, right? Yeah. So it's a very fresh thing, and I think that people, and like myself even, I just presumed that this was a recent meeting and that you were communicating via music, but I did not realize the context of the fact that you, you, know, you guys have known each other almost 30 years. Right, and I've been, I've been listening to uh, Creed Music pretty much the whole time without, right. ever, without ever thinking, having any intention of playing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that that kind of clarifies it. This isn't some some like relationship to the melodies and the things without ever you know. But I'm not really one to you know work out different. You know, I wasn't listening to it in that way. You know. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. I want to actually ask you. Uh, well, I want to start with Yorgos about how you came uh, to find music because I understand that you used to collaborate with your father when you were very young, right? Yes. And and was he the person that introduced you to music in the first place? Uh, yes. And how would you describe your collaborations? Were you were you like a very young boy? Well, sorry, I I can't understand the words. The collaborations you said. Yeah, sorry. The, the just That's when right. when you started working with your father for the first time. When you were young and you started working uh, with your father. Uh, when I was uh, 12 years old, mm-hmm. 12, 12 years. How long have you been playing for? Now. At that point? At that point? When you were 12. Since seven. Seven. By yourself? Uh, well, I don't know, really, you know. Just ever. <laughs> Just ever, yeah. I remember music all my life. But I firstly got an instrument when when uh, I was seven. Um, uh, remember well, and uh, and help you know every time uh, you know my father my father asked me to do it and help him keep the rhythm for him to play some of his stuff uh-huh. at home at home you know yeah but yeah and he liked it. he liked a lot to play me to keep the rhythm mm-hmm. for him to play I remember that he was telling that right your father was uh, uh, your father plays uh, the lira. And yeah. you and you were on the lute at seven. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And what inspired you to take up the lute? Uh, well, I well, firstly to 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 help my father, you know, to do what my father asked me to do. Hmm. You know, uh, can you can you bring the lute and you know keep the rhythm? I want to play a bit this and and he was show me. You know, some, you know, where to put my fingers and just stay there and keep the rhythm with the other hand, like this. And I was doing that, and that's how I start. Okay. Yeah. And and you eventually would tour with your father, like you would travel with him and you would play in the studio. A lot, a lot, yes. 
Yes. Yeah. How old were you when you first uh, uh, traveled? F first travel, I was oh, maybe f 14. 14. And what kind? Where did you go? Did you stay within Greece, or were you traveling around the world? Oh yeah, I I travel at twelve. I travel a lot around Crete. Around Crete, okay. Yeah, uh, uh, always around Crete, playing gigs with my father, and, and then later on, I first went to uh, outside of Greece. I went to Germany with my father. That's when you were fourteen. Fourteen, and then every year, Germany, Italy, France. All around Crete, all the time, continue doing that, and you know, you know, I I I, I play as a, that's my occupation since then. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> so within this record, there's a song called, and forgive me if I'm mispronouncing it, but it's called Serendoni Certo, right? Yes. And this is a reference. Your father w would play under the name Serendoni, right? Yes, yes. So, and Certo, as I mentioned earlier, I believe is a joyous dance. Uh, it's like a festive dance. The song itself, I think, is a rather somber or contemplative one. Um, can you talk about what you were conveying or what you were hoping to convey within within this piece and, and why you've named it after your father? Because it's uh, his Certo. We name it that way. You know, it's his name because uh, you know it's, uh, it's his father's song. My father's song. Oh, it's actually your father's song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, uh, just uh, what did you say when you do a version of it. Yeah, version of it. Yeah, yeah. Are there? Are there? I was trying to figure this out because I understand that fen fendomos is actually a traditional melody, right? Yes. And yeah. and and so, how many of these pieces are come from traditional melodies, and how many of them? Or I suppose original compositions or improvisations that you two have come up with. This record, uh, the the Susta, the second piece, it's a traditional dance, uh, but uh, it's in our composition. No, no, no. Yeah, 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 composition. Yeah. With your melody, right? No, no, no. Well, no, I put the phrases. Because there are many phrases. Right. I put the phrases in that way. Right, right. It, it, it's our... That's what you do with the Collaboration. <laughs> right. you say? Yeah, yeah. This, this is common, right? This is more common in, 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 in Crete folk culture where you everyone can utilize the same melody or the same sort of song but then do something new with it? Yes, exactly. That's what, that, that what uh, the, you know, yeah, that—that's what you're looking for. Is that is that done because the general audience will be familiar with it already, and you want to make sure that they know where you're coming from? Or uh, I'm just curious—that's not done that in some ways. That's not done so much in Western culture. What you, can you tell me? What you talk? Can you just rephrase that with the background of what you're saying? Yes. So what I'm asking, I suppose, is. Uh, I, I just find it interesting that part of the tradition of Cretan folk culture is to repurpose songs, to re sort of remake existing songs, um, because I don't know of that happening too too often in Western culture. And I'm just curious if that is done because you want the audience to be 
ready and prepared for your new song because they'll already know the melody or if there's some other reason why that's done? Why uh, well, I don't know if uh, traditional uh, music of Crete is uh, the same, has the same, has, well, anyway, traditional music of Crete has that, uh, um, that um, uh, view that um, which is not uh, it's not like a couplet. Let's play a couplet and then it's a refrain and then yeah, right, right. And then it's couplet again and then it's a refrain. It's it's different, right, or, right. A different ar- arrangement. Okay. okay. Like uh, there are phrases of the same dance. And you you play you you put the build the phrases in your way. If you understand me, yeah, you you, you kind of you do the you you invent the phrases. Yeah, y- yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes sense. It does indeed. I think it's a red herring, but I think what I'm going to say now is a red herring. It's a wrong path, but I mean, I thought actually that was all. All music did that. You think all music is like that? I mean, you're saying that the wit. I mean, isn't that what lots of lots of music does? I mean, it is. Like, I guess no one. Yeah, <laughs> I think that we're more we're more tied to music being as original as possible here. Oh, original. Yeah. Ah, original. Let's ah. Go. ah, well, yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's, so you're it's, saying it's not original because they're trying to do it individually. Well, no. My understanding is that some of these songs on the new record, uh, they are they are your songs that you two yeah. came up with, but they are drawn from traditional melodies. Is that not right? Yeah. Well, uh, with numbers, I can tell you, the first one is our original stuff. Right. The second one, Shusta. Mm. It's a Shusta, which is traditional. Men, you know, traditional from one hand, mm-hmm. on the other hand, it's original. Yeah. Yeah, and I was just curious about that line because, uh, as I say, my I, I know that I focused in on Fandomus because I knew that uh, that my understanding was that is that's a traditional melody and you added new lyrics, right? Yes, yes. Right, and so th- I was just curious if... if well, I, just, I think you're trying to get to something... It seems to be, and I don't, I don't know, yeah, yeah, but I think there is maybe there's something you're trying to get out that you heard, which is there's some interchangeability between mel, like the melody is passes through time in a different way than the lyrics pass time, right? Yeah, that's exactly, Jim. You should be leading this interview, and in a way, I think you are. I think that uh, what what you just said is where I was going. Right. So you can take a melody. This is not again not. This is not with the originals we've done, but like with up some, there is this sort of a tradition of you take a melody, the melody is a set, a set melody that we've heard from that someone made up once, yeah, or and we either know who did it or didn't do it, yeah, and then the words you take a word from depending on how you're feeling, or you take some words from a poet or a lyricist, yeah. or make up of your own, yeah, at a different time, yeah. So when you go Phantomos, one day it could be have different words than another day. But we still call yeah. it Phantomoth. Yeah, yeah, that's how it works. Well, right. For all the melodies. Yeah, right, all the melodies. Yeah, aren't, they're, they're not stuck on the words. The melodies aren't stuck on the words. No. Yeah. No. 
Okay, yeah, that's what I'm getting at. So the words, and, and I mean, Fandomus is the only song here with lyrics, right? Yeah. yeah. And so that that's interesting to well, me that, too. Yeah, but some of the songs we do, when we play them live, they have lyrics. The same songs that are on the record. Oh. And now. and why why did they not have lyrics when you went in to make the record? Well, they just the, the last night they had lyrics. Oh, it like, did. You know, last night when we played last night. Oh, I see. So when you play tonight, they may not. Yeah, well, I mean, I will. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's interesting, uh, Jim. I want to ask you about uh, your uh, your musical origins as well, in terms of how you got started playing. I think you want to. I think there's one other question that you were trying to ask. Oh, there was. Yeah. That. So the sitor, yeah. that, that yeah. has fifteen t- syllables. Syllables. Fifteen yeah. syllables. Yeah. Right. I think you wanted to ask that, right? <laughs> the in terms of fandomas, you mean? Yeah, fandomas. Can you explain? Yeah. I know that it has fifteen syllables. Yes, I I, I remember reading that. Right, but that's they all have they all have fifteen syllables. Yes. Oh, why is that? Why do they all have fifteen syllables? Because they do. That's just the way it is. Yeah. That's how, well, you know. So I mean, we're used to melodies and words being pretty, like locked in, right? In some way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So maybe. So I, I, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I mean, it seems to me that maybe the syllables are locked into the. You know, what I mean, that's the way. Oh, I see what you're saying. So it's not only just the the lyrics might be interchangeable, but the rhythm and the cadence will always be essentially the same. Of a song. Yeah, yeah. Of it. So, like the lyrics in Fandomus, uh, if I understand them correctly, they're in Greek. But I was sent them; uh, they were sent to me, and I believe they are. I'll travel over the sea to come and meet you, my banished bird. I have missed you so much. You are distant and far away, and rivers and woods. And I send greetings, my little fish. There is no way across. Uh, Yorgos, can you talk about what inspired those lyrics? Is that, is that Sheila's translation? Oh. Yeah, I don't know about the translation, but the, the you know, word by word, right? As I hear the words now, but the the meaning, the whole meaning is, uh, yeah, uh, I I sang those lyrics because at that moment there at the studio we were recording. I had that feeling, you know, I missed some of my people, and. At that moment, at that you know, I I was thinking about them and just sang those lyrics, which is uh, about the people you missing so much and they so far away. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And allegorically by the, the, the words, you know, the one says, let me, th- let, let me remember. Um, uh, yeah, you are far away from me and there are this, the ocean and forests and rivers between us and I want to see you so much I miss you so much mm-hmm. you know that, that's the the mind the main meaning but uh, same time can be you know allegorically about the someone you want to go close and you can't because any reasons like characteristics like uh, character you know you love somebody but uh, you know uh, you, you you can't be with with because any reasons right it doesn't necessarily be need to be a geographical could be, a, you know, it's a love song. It's an, it's a missing song. Yeah. The lyrics. Yeah. Right. And so you sang those in the moment in the studio. When you perform Fandomos now, if you do, do the lyrics change? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. It's, it's, it's fascinating to me. I just I find it fascinating how... how... No, maybe I say the same lyrics. It's not a rule. They right. are not a rule, yeah. The rule is maybe on the steps of the dance, and uh, maybe if you sing some lyrics on a record that make rules because the people they come to see you they expect to hear those lyrics. So I'm going to say the same or the same and a bit more. Hmm. Or, you know that how it works. I don't want to. I don't want to put too fine a point on this, but in some ways I kind of think of you both as players who do that, who work within. Kind of, tra- the, the, you work in traditions, but you break the rules. Like you push the boundaries of those traditions. Do you think that's fair? Oh well, yeah. Um, That'd be nice. I, I'm, yeah, exactly. It's it's not the uh, firstly, it's not the. Uh, yeah, I I never liked that. Anyway, I like tradition, and I'm on tra- in tradition all these years. You know, almost uh, forty years since I born, but. Uh, I always have that uh, window open to to bring to bring things to the tradition with you know the the way uh, you know gives more more things like uh, like uh, my dad did and my uncles did and um, some other players did in Greek music mm. many other play, play, players. Uh, you know, break rules. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Jim, yeah. Jim, do you have something to say? Well, otherwise, going to to die, to be dead. You know, tradition. You know, you put it in the cupboard and you open the cupboard. You take off the the tradition. You playing it and then you put it back there. And every time they ask you to do that, you're doing it. And that, you know, that that's how it works to me. But to put new things doesn't mean. You can put, you know, just anything, you know, it's a, 
It's a thin, thin, it's a, you know, thin? Yeah. You say thin, it's, it's a very, very thin reason. It's not like that, just put anything. You know, yeah. it makes sense right. what I'm talking about? Say again. You know, when I'm saying you can put, you can put things into the tradition, you, mm-hmm. can, you can give, you know, life, you know. Right, you have to, right? You, you, you get fresh, freshness. Right. You know, doesn't mean you can do anything Just random. on the yeah, tradition. Yeah. Right. You know, because what we're doing with Jim is, you know, you know, we have, if we're talking about rule, rules, you know, we have the dance is, is dancing, what we're doing. Because I play those dance dances, you know, all my life, and and I, I still learn them, of course, but uh, but uh, I, I still discover them. I can say, yeah, and uh, I still the music I listen is traditional Cretan music, and not only, but mostly I, I love it, and I I. I I can say I research. I don't know how to. I live with them, with it. I live, and you know, into that, you know, I find that what we're doing with Jim is uh, is something which is stay. I mean, you know, have base on rules of the traditional music when we play traditional because there are pieces they are not traditional it's just pieces they come from the tradition the tradition but uh, they knew like uh, eras and like uh, suburb and like uh, pulling the bricks and like uh, run on la yeah and like which else like cabanes we said era yeah we said yeah Chicken song, which is it's a sirto, it's a traditional dance, but it's a new melody, new way to to play, new new, new melody, new thing, and all that. You know, about the chickens, about the chickens, <laughs> and the rusa. Yeah, the chickens are like. <laughs> and the rooster? And the rooster. The rooster is coming, you know. So um, a lot of the songs here are inspired by animals. Which other one? Well, you mentioned the chickens. So you, well, just goats and chickens and roosters now? I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just listening to you guys talk about it. No, well, the chickens and the rooster, that's the same song. That's the chicken song. Section. Chicken song. Right. It's not a goat song. It's all goat. Oh, they're all goat songs. Like they're it. all goat songs. There's, goat. Some, there's some kind of agrarian thing going on on the record. Okay. No, that's, 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 that's interesting. Now, Jim, yeah. can you also speak to uh, your sort of musical origins? Very simply, what first got you in, in, interested in music when you were like a little kid? Oh, uh, well, um, you know, I liked, I, 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 it, I liked it a lot in the, you know, it was very mysterious to me, so and very uh, like you know I don't I didn't come from people playing music around me like instruments you know I came from like listening you know people played records and stuff and 
I went and saw concerts sometimes and um and uh yeah I kind of wanted to like I really liked it like you know when I decided to play more you know when I decided to do drumming more I guess yeah I liked that it was pretty unknown you know to me it's kind of pretty mysterious and uh but yeah then I guess in terms of what you guys have been talking about maybe you know, I guess the idea is you have to work out a way, like, you know, when you listen to the Saints record or something, you know, and you have this feeling, you know, you have to work out a way to get, like, the idea of, you know, if I put the drum beat in a different spot or something like that, you know, you're just trying to get to the feeling of what you like about music, really, mm-hmm. I, think, yeah. I think. Yeah. And, you know, and, try, and trying things out. And you, I mean, you've played with so many different kinds of people. I'm just curious what, uh, in, in terms of what first got you playing, do you actually remember? Was there a particular artist or did you have a mentor? Like, uh, like Yorgos had his father. Did you have someone like that? Oh, n- um, no. No. No, you just started playing. Alone. <laughs> um, no, I had the lessons from the guy down the road. And um, no, actually, my area, where I grew up, actually... <laughs> Funnily enough, it was a lot of uh, there was a lot of Greeks. It was a really Greek area, but um, no one played music. At least no one played music that I could observe, like you know, rock music. Yeah. And there was no one at the school. My school, like, played music. Maybe they were all playing Greek music, that I didn't know at home. <laughs> um. So yeah, it was but uh, so yeah, and then you know, I guess it was like. It was a very exciting time in Melbourne, and um, my older sister went to art school, and you know, brought home a lot of records. You know, I was already really into music, but you know, she would bring home, you know, Iggy Pop record or something, you know, stuff like that, and um, or pretty classic, you know, discovered teenage finding out about music. Um, but feeling but pretty isolated from where I lived, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And uh, it was a great time in Melbourne for live music when I was uh, about 18, you know, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, you just go see stuff, you'd hear stuff, and then you started playing. And then I did, you know, I really loved this guy. When I was at uh, university, and I loved the Saints already, and, I, and then this band, the guy, unbeknownst to me, this guy, Ed Cooper, the guitarist from the Saints. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about with the Saints? No, I actually don't think I do know that band. Well, the Saints is like, you know, like if you're Australian, they probably sound like the, you know, people have, say, the, it's like the Ramones or the Sex Pistols or something, who's the first punk band, like, you know, in Australia, it's the Saints, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I never got to see the original band. They were, they were they were gone by the time I... But um, this band came to the university and they were playing lunchtime in it. I didn't know, but it was actually the guitarist of this band that I really loved already. And um, the drummer was really, I just loved the drummer and that he actually did become a big um, influence on me. And his name was Jeffrey Wagner from the Laughing Clowns. Okay. But uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, going to Crete and seeing the, you know, just going back to what you're talking about with the traditions there, I mean, it's, it feels very, everything feels very alive there, you know, and it feels not... It doesn't even feel separated from the modern world or anything, you know. It's not like this. They're not like they're living in in disharmony or anything, you know. Mm-hmm. It feels very uh, feels pretty open. Yes. And there's like a, it's like a community of people. 
Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, it's a privileged position to go there and and be there with George and and his family and friends, you know, who can tell me everything about, the, you know, what, the songs and stuff like that. So I don't know. I don't know how, what the experience is for everyone, but yeah, it certainly seems pretty uh, encompassing and, you know, yeah, fluid as well. Yeah. Okay. No, I, I hear what you're saying. I, you've had an experience that not many people would have, and, and you've got a good entry point into the culture. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, that's my experience. I don't know. So, yeah, it's hard to say what else, what else there is, but it seems what, what other people's experience would be, but it seems, doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like, you know, in America, there's certain, I mean, the, the traditions are real. I, I mean, I think these conversations have made me think more about, like, traditions, like, in Australia. Because, you know, George started talking about, well, I come from a tradition. And I'm like, oh, right, okay, you know, I hadn't, I sort of thought of that in some ways, but, you know, I thought about it more then, you know. Yeah. And and I can see, I can you know, and I can see it too. Anyway. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Among the noteworthy things about Goats is that it was produced by uh, Guy Picciotto of Fugazi. And, um, you know, that's going to certainly drew my attention. Can you talk a little bit about what Guy brought to the proceedings? Um, what, did Guy, what did Guy bring? What Guy? Yeah. Ooh, well, Guy brings uh, the, you know, his, his, uh, his hard themes. <laughs> <laughs> he brought hard things. Is that what he said? His heart. He's got a heart. Oh, a heart. Hard things. Yeah. Okay. Hard things. Yeah. Things. Themes. Themes. Right. Yeah. Themes. Hard themes. I'm not sure what. Yeah. You okay. know, feelings. Yeah. Oh, feelings. Oh, he brought feelings. Yeah. Okay. Then helps you to discover the, you know, the way he. You know, he's a, he listens the music and the way he talks about the the, the, the pieces we play. Uh, you know, help uh, help us to, to to you know to put in more to it. Yeah, and discover the the music we play more. You know, discover go even deeper to that, and you know. He's got. He's not got. He's got all that. You know. He's got. Big, you know. Not, not the experience only, but because the, right. his character. You know. He's he's deep. He's a very yeah. impassioned fellow. Is that what you mean? He's got passion. Yeah, because I think George is also something we talked about the other day. Was like you know how you could say well you know Guy's obviously very experienced, and you know he's got great ears. He's got uh, you know a great personality for working together, you know, great joining, like, I don't know, moves it forward, you know, and in a great way. But then I was saying, well, you know, I bet Guy was, like, great when he was 18 and he was, like, you know what I mean, when he didn't have lots of experience, I bet he was, like, really good at, exactly. <laughs> good at you know, doing what he's doing, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Experience. Yeah, yeah experience. so, I mean, we can say, like, he's got great experience because he has and he, he's really good at Pretty the good. microphones and, yeah, and making making adjustments to make exactly. it better and better and all that. It's fantastic at that. Like but, you an know, experienced a bit. driver. Hey? Yeah. Mechanically, yeah. Yeah. So you keep going. 
yeah, he's got a lot of experience, but then, you know, he also, he's just got a lot of, uh, I don't know, he's very, yeah. um, it's good, it's like a focus, focusing and also open, you know what I mean? So did he, I mean, I know, Jim, you worked with Guy about a couple of years ago on the We Have an Anchor project. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of how, you know, I just knew Guy now through uh, a few years ago from, through Jim Cohen mm-hmm. and... A new gem from him coming to see 33 and maybe from a shared love of um, Mary Margaret O'Hara. Oh, okay. Nice. And um, and then uh, we did we did some stuff. We did we, yeah, we did we have an anchor together and then uh, and then uh, now now we've you know we're doing this and with and then also uh He's been amazing in this with goats and um, or Zorus White. That's what we call it now. Um, yeah, and we do the other thing. And then we have this other thing where we do uh, George and Guy and I accompany uh, some a program of Gems Films. Oh, nice! We all play together as well. Yeah, we did that. Uh, I've done that in um, a couple of times now in Istanbul and in uh, Porto. So it's like a program of uh, films that can can change, you know, but it's. Um, and some, some of the films are played, you know, silently or with the sound of the oh. film. And, then we, and we play some music. We play some live music with it, yeah. Nice. So on, on some level... That's developed. On some level, it's still Jem Cohen at the center of this. <laughs> How do you mean? Well, I'd like to think that Jem, of, in the last few years in particular, I didn't really recognize it until I sat back and, and stared at it. But Jem is something of a music matchmaker. Like when you think about the people he's brought together, the We Have an Anchor Band was one of the most remarkable things I ever got to see. And I got to see it twice in Toronto, and I was just blown away at, uh, at, at the way he was able to curate this band. <laughs> and, I, and I get the impression that when I saw that Jem had released the promotional video of you guys performing um, Serradoni Certo, I'm like, oh, I bet Jem is... And then I noticed Guy was involved, and you were involved, Jim. And right. you know, Yorgos, I wasn't as familiar with. I just thought, oh, I bet this is. I bet Jem has something to do with this somehow. Oh yeah, so yeah, I guess Jem. I guess I met Guy through Jem, and then then Jem met George through Guy and I. Okay, I see. And so did Guy? Did Guy and, or Jem? Did they have a particular affinity for Yorgos's music? They do. They do now, but did they, were they familiar with him, or was that something that you brought? Were no. you like, oh, I know, I've known this guy twenty five years? Yeah, no, I think that was new. I think that. Uh, I don't know. You know, I may, I may well have given Jem music or pointed it out to him over the, but no, I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. I don't think I don't think they did. Okay, nice. So they really embraced. They really, they're really into it. So, so. So Guy coming to these to this music, and I, I have no idea what he knew of of the Cretan folk tradition, but you're saying he he really enhanced what you came up with. Like he, even though I tend to see this as something that Yorgos is leading in terms of bringing uh, the lute playing to the forefront, but Guy, you're saying Guy had a really big hand in how these songs took shape in the end. He did. He really helped shape the record. Yeah, he did. Okay. It, it, okay. Yeah, we recorded a lot of stuff, you know, we recorded a lot of stuff without Guy and with Guy, you know. And then, um, so, you know, in many ways, but the record is like 
you know, we ended up thinking, okay, well, this, there's lots of other good stuff, but we'll it's, it's we're taking it from this sort of session, you know, along with a couple other ones from Crete. Mm-hmm. Um, so he influenced it both in his record, shaped it in both his recording and also sort of helping sort through the sort through it after, you know, uh, post recording, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. And it become by itself, physically. Like, you know, we went to see Guy and play to his studio and yeah. Guy loved it and and we started to work like uh, friends. Yeah. Yeah, we go over there and... It's not like the producer and we are the musician right. and he got to say the, his opinion. Being yeah, the, exactly. You know, the company and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's like the producer th- and whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's like the th- like the three of us, and also Sheila, also you know, yeah. you know, listening to each other's opinions and you know, yeah. noticing things and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's all I was wondering. If it was a full on collaboration, it sounds like it, w- it went very well. And we're all looking forward to see to each other and do that again, and not only, but you know, see to each other and sit down and have a beer and make jokes and you know, say stories, <laughs> yeah. and play music together, and you know. You know how, how that, that how it works. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know that you guys have a lot of uh, tour dates coming up, um, and you're in the midst of them right now. Actually, can you tell us what's coming up, uh, sort of next for you? Have you already thought about collaborating again beyond these tour dates, or are you just focused on the next couple of months? Oh no, no. This is a we're, we're making another record. Um. And what was the question? No, yeah, this is on, ongoing. So we, we're uh, you know, we're going to play. Uh, we're going on tour around America, and then we're going to go to um, Europe and uh, Australia, and uh, we're going to be recording. We're going to be recording more, and um, what else are we going to do? We're going to play some. We're going to try and do some more shows with the film with Jem, uh, Jem and Guy, mm-hmm. and and we've got a big tour in, in Europe after the United States. That's right. Yep. Wow. Yeah, we're doing some shows with. Uh, we're doing like. Bunch of shows of our own. We're doing a few shows with um, Bonnie Prince Billy, mm-hmm. uh, some festivals, and you know, we're sort of getting organised. And we we getting ready to start uh, recording again. Now, 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 back in in between during the recording, we're actually during the tour we're recording. Recording, yeah. Oh, you That's, are okay. And do you have did, did, the following did... weeks? Yeah, yeah. We're sort of doing a tour that cycles through, uh, you know, sort of some days in between to do recording and stuff. And have you already started? Plotting what the new songs might be. Have you have you started working on them? Yeah, we've well, we've got a, you know, yeah, we've got a lot of ideas, and we've been like you know, we've talked about them a bit, and you know, we'll have to get in there and and start work. All right. Well, it sounds good. I look for. I'm glad that this is. I'm glad this happened. I'm glad it sounds like it's going to continue to happen. I really enjoy the record. Fantastic. Thank you very, Thank much. You very yeah. much. So I just want to tell folks that Kasluris White. Uh, I've just put out a new record. It's called Goats. You can learn more about the record and their tour dates uh, via their record label's website, which is othermusicrecordingco.com. Uh, gentlemen, if we were to play a song to uh, for people to hear um, before we go, what song would you select from the new album? Yeah, Pulling the Bricks. Yeah, Pulling the Bricks. The first song, track one. You've chosen the very first song. That's interesting. Yeah, if it's one, if it's more, we can choose more. <laughs> <laughs> would you like? Would you like to choose more than one? 
or suburb. I I really enjoy suburb. Good, yeah. I like suburb. I like the way it. Uh, I find that it intertwines well with chicken song in some way. In my head, I like them together. But uh, yeah, I don't know why that is. It's just me. Suburb, yeah. Okay, so wait. Should we go with? Should we play both? Side two, yeah. Side two one first, and side two first. Okay, so we'll we'll play pulling the bricks, which I pulling the bricks is an interesting song to me. It sounds like you guys are. Is that was that an early recording? No, that was no. a geese. Oh, okay. It, it, it happened towards the end. Yeah, the geese studio. Yes, yeah, towards the end, and uh, that was just a one-off. Uh, that's a one-off. That one. We know. We 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 learn how to do it now. Yeah. Yeah, because it has a very improvised feel to me. Yeah. Oh. Ah. No, is it very composed? At the spot. On the spot. <laughs> on the spot. That's what I mean. It sounds like it's kind of on the spot. Okay. So we'll play pulling the bricks first, and then we'll follow that up with su- with suburb. Is that is that the way we're leaving it? Composed on the spot. Yeah. Composed on the spot. Oh, composed on the spot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. because because it's like uh, you know it's like the the first the first we, we, we the first syllable of the of the of the piece. You know, you can see the picture after that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then Suburb, do you have anything you want to tell us about Suburb before we hear it? Oh, Suburb, it's uh, far away from the town. It's far away from the town. That's what a suburb is. Okay. (laughs) Is there anything you want to say about the song itself? Awesome. No, he's talking about the song. Oh, he's talking about the song. Okay, sorry, I didn't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, well, here it is. This is Pulling the Bricks and Suburb from the new album, Goats. Uh, Jim and uh, Yorgos, thank you so much for chatting, and I wish you the best of luck. Yeah, thanks very much, but Suburb has a long story because all these movements, you know, and the sounds, and not only the harmonics, but uh, the harmonics, too, you know, has... A long way from what uh, it start and become. Okay. After after all, and it took long hours sit in the fireplace or not, and and play the same thing over and over, and and all that strumming, you know, the caterpillar strumming, mm-hmm. which is uh, you know that strumming. <laughs> so you got we have goats and chickens and roosters and caterpillars now. Yeah. They're strumming that which is around and around. And from eight strings, you know, you try to make it forty strings or maybe more. It's like um tremolo kind of strumming, is that what it's called? Yeah, it's around and around. You strum it's grasshopper. Yeah. No caterpillar. Caterpillar strumming. Caterpillar strumming. Sorry, I got it wrong. Like like you strumming with your fingers and your thumb, and has an around like that. What what you 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 try to make? Kind of circular. Circular and circular, and it's like you have a strings here to down to the to the, to the other door. You know? Right. Wow. And you finger and you run. From one string to the other. <laughs> well, that sounds, that's a lovely explanation. I think we should, uh, let's let, why don't we hear the songs? Yeah. 
That'd have to. Be. <laughs> All right, this is pulling the bricks suburb from the new album Goats by Kusuru White. Uh, Jim Yorgos, thank you so much for your time today. And as I say, I wish you the best of luck with everything. Thank you. Thank you too. Thanks very much.
Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.